Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that we've listened to being read to us. We pray that as we open your word, we pray that you will teach us by your Holy Spirit and help us to take to heart the truth of your word. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, Brian said something earlier on to preach about wives submitting yourself to your husband as is fitting in the Lord can be a little bit challenging when your wife is actually sitting right in front of you. Um, I was reading through this passage and I was preparing for this sermon. And the first thing that came to my mind is what God has to say to us, not what I have prepared to speak to you. Because if I have to admonish you in the word of God, many of you sitting down here have more experience than I do in terms of family and Christian household in relationship. But living in Christ is the key to godly, righteous, and holy living. It involves putting off the old self, the old life of sin, which Paul referred to at the start of the chapter, chapter 3, from verse 1 to 11, and putting on the new life in Christ, which we found in verse 12 to 17. Apostle Paul shows us in this letter to the people in Colossae a good example of how new life in Christ walk out by using a close enough example of the concept of a family and everyday work life. Relationship is very important and Paul knows this very well. So the best way to illustrate life in Christ is by using something that the people will have clear and good understanding of. It teaches from the passage we read tonight that transformed life in Christ can be seen in transformed relationship in Christ. Don't forget when we started looking into the gospel, I mean into the book of Colossians, we said the way in is the way on. The way in is living in Christ and it's also in Christ that we can continue to grow. To live a transformed life in Christ, we can always see it in a transformed relationship in Christ. And relationship goes beyond just family relationship. It extends to work relationship and people that come, you know, across us in life as we live our life. A man was asked a question. They asked him the secret of a lifelong, happy, married life. And he simply replied, it is by knowing how to say yes to your wife at all times. <laughs> On the other hand, Nkosiyasi Shang in his quote said, never argue with a woman because you will never win. <laughs> you can ask me many times, I will tell you from my 15 years married experience, don't argue with a woman. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but as Christians, we know that godly relationship only happens when we put Christ first in our relationship. For a woman to submit in a godly way, for a man to love his wife in a godly manner, it can only happen when we put Christ first in the relationship. Open with me, if you have not closed your Bible, to page 100, I mean 1184, Colossians chapter 3, starting from verse 18. Here we see the pastoral letter of Paul the Apostle to the Colossians, chapter 3, and from verse 18, we consider my first point from the passage which teaches us to put Christ first in our marriage. The Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. It went on to say, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. From these two verses, we see different commands to different people in a family relationship. White, I mean wives, to submit and husband to love. But I want you to note that doing all this should be done in Christ. Verse 18 explains how wives' submission should be done. It says, as fitting in the Lord. As fitting in the Lord. Everything in our relationship with everyone should be done with a reference unto God. And family relationship should be centered on Christ. I was taking a study into the life of Abraham and Sarah because they lived together for a long time. For so many years they lived together, they don't have children, but they enjoyed a good relationship. And I realized that Sarah, we always call Abraham, my Lord. That is a big word to be used in a family, in a home. But we can see a full submission of Sarah to Abraham. In one sense, some people will say that is more cultural, George. We are now living in a new life, in a new culture, where there is equality. Where there is no difference between man and woman because we are yoked together in a Christian relationship. I won't say no to that. But Jesus, from this world, is teaching us something that is very, very important. He's teaching us submission. And submission in Christ as fitting in the Lord. The people of the church in Colossae will understand well what Paul is trying to say. Because for us Christians today, we have a better understanding of the relationship that should be in a home. When we look at the relationship that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. In the gospel, Jesus has described using different parables of God the Father 
or Christ himself being the groom and the church, which includes you and I, being the bride. And what is God calling us to is calling us into full submission to our master, to God, to Christ, the king, the groom of the bride. And Paul is insisting here that it is very, very important for wives to submit themselves to their husband as is fitting in the Lord. If you look at our 21st century family relationship, relationship is now based on unholy equality and rivalry Wife rival with husband in so many ways. In Nigeria, there is a popular term that goes about in town when women want to compete with men in an unholy rivalry. They say, what man can do, woman can do better. Have you heard that before? What man can do, woman can do better. But the Bible is teaching us here that there should not be rivalry between wife and husband. It goes on to tell us what a Christian family home should look like. The children should listen to their parents. But in the 21st century, we found out that children don't um, listen to parents anymore. Fathers don't care for their children. Fathers don't love their wife. Husband are not in loving relationship with their wife. Teens are much more self-centered than Christ-centered. What people think about in relationship is the fact that it is all about me. The wife is always thinking about herself and the husband is thinking it's all about me in this house. And that is where we miss it many times. Jesus should be the center of it all. Rules for godly relationship. I know it is difficult to fulfill if we are trying by our strength. If you're trying to keep a home by your own wisdom and understanding, it is difficult. If wife is trying to submit by our wisdom, by our understanding, it is difficult. If husband is trying to love his wife just because he feels, well, that is what I need to do, it's difficult. Because as human, we are prone to fail. Our earthly body is weak, but this command of submission and love can only be fulfilled satisfactorily if we are in Christ, husband, love your wife. Last week, before I went on a break, it was, uh, I went on a break on Saturday, but on Friday, my wife is no, was not well. And, uh, she woke up and she has been complaining about all this stuff going wrong in her body and things like that. So I put her in the car and I started driving from one GP to the other because we were registered in Belfast. 
So I went to Logan GP. I said, can I make a registration? And uh, I want doctor to see my wife. And uh, the, the lady said to me, sorry, George. Well, you have this form to fill. And she gave me a lot of form and said, you need to go to Belfast or ring them to give us a medical history of your wife and send everything back to us. It can be by fax. I said, how quick can that be done? The lady said, George, it will probably take weeks. I put her back in the car and I said, Sharon, let's go. <laughs> Maybe that is not a loving thing to do, but I said, Sharon, let's go. Let's go back to Donna Cloney. And she said, what are we going to do in Donna Cloney? I said, I'm going to that clinic in front of our church. When we got there, the lady there said to me, George, what, what, what? I introduced myself and I said, look, there is a repeat prescription which I would like to get for my wife. And this and that and that. And the lady said, oh, you have to make the registration. Then I look into her face and I said, today is Valentine's Day. If you don't do this for me, I'm going to miss my dinner. <laughs> In less than one hour, she went to the doctor. They made the prescription and my wife was well. <laughs> I got the prescription in less than one hour. I did the registration and everything in less than one hour. And I said, Sharon, here is the medication. And she said, don't worry, you will have your dinner. <laughs> Why? Submit to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. And husband, verse 19, love your wife and do not be harsh with them. Let's consider quickly the next verse. In verse 20, Paul said, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Paul is trying to encompass the whole family relationship. After talking about wife and husband, Paul believes he needs to talk about Children, and that leads me to my second point from the passage that teaches us to put Christ first in our family. The first point says putting Christ first in our marriage, and the second one says putting Christ first in our family. Notice the command to husbands and fathers in verse 19 and 21 you will notice that it is the only imperative command that does not have further information, such as grand or a purpose statement. Maybe I should clarify that. In verse 18, the reason why, why, why wives should submit themselves to their husband is why? Because it is... As fitting in the Lord. You should do this as fitting in the Lord. But if you look at verse 19, it addresses husband with dual imperative command to love your wives and don't be bitter towards them. The command here is like a military term given to soldiers where they need to live in obedience to the others. The command to the fathers and to husband, fathers, don't embitter your children, or husband, love your wife, is without any 
purpose statement or grand. It is like a command given to a military man. Husbands are commanded to love not just their wife, but also their children. Because if you love your children, you will not embitter them. The love we're talking about here, the command that the Lord is giving here, is not erroneous love, because false love is all too common in today's world. But the love that is mentioned here is agape love, genuine love, as we experience in Christ's relationship to the church, who is his bride. This word for love, as used in this passage, is specific. And it describes a sacrificial kind of love. The same love is the same tone that you'll find in that verse, the next one, verse 20-21. Husbands or fathers are not to embitter, not only their wives, but also don't embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Husband are called, father are called to act positively towards their children, towards their wife. And the verses shows what it looks like to be Christ-centered. Not only as wives, but as husband and father. And for the children, it teaches great obedience. One thing that you find around here in the 21st century, not just in Donaclony or Warristown, but everywhere that I've been, is children living in disobedience to adults. If you tell children to do something, they, they retort, they say no, and there is this common and popular word, I can't be bothered. This is against the teaching of the Lord in a holy relationship, a Christian household. Children, obey your parents in everything. Why? For these places the Lord. There is a teaching, there is a lesson for every member of the family in a relationship that is centered on Christ. And let's look at verse 22. Looking into the third and final point that the Bible teaches us tonight. It teaches us to put Christ first in our walk. The Bible says from verse 22, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eyes is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. In this verse, Paul described how we should serve each other in a Christ-centered work relationship. 
In our modern cultural context, where slavery is foreign, there is a question of how Christians ought to live in an employer or employee relationship. And in this passage, Paul gives three distinct imperative commands to slaves. First, he says they should obey their masters. It's not the first time we had the word obedience. The word obedience was used when it was talking about children to fathers, to their parents. But here, it's saying to employer-employee relationship, slaves was mentioned, he said, they should obey their masters. And Paul further described the manner in which that obedience is to take place. He said, not only while being washed, or as people please us, but wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. I realize that we want to be at our best when people are watching us. We want to be at our best when we know that the big brother is watching. But here, Paul is saying, when we serve, we should serve as unto the Lord and not as men pleaser or people pleasers, but we should do it all utterly fearing the Lord. Verse 22. The second thing that Paul pointed out in a relationship between slaves and masters, which in our modern day life is more between employer and employee, is said that whatever they do, they are to do it from the art. It then says the manner in which they are to do it is as something done for the Lord and not for people. As something done for the Lord and not for people. What does that mean? If I come to the church today and I want to sing, I should not sing as singing for Brian. I shouldn't sing as if I'm singing for the vestry. If I've If I've come to serve, I should not serve as if I'm serving for the stipend. No. Everything should be done as unto the Lord, not for people. Serve with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is the way God asks us to love him. And when you love God, you serve him with everything Get the fact that people are looking at you. For some people today, your employer at work may not be nice. Yet, as Christians, we are encouraged to live in obedience to constituted authority. This may be difficult when you work under an unbearable condition. For example, some workers in Nigeria are hold wages and salaries Sometimes up to six months, sometimes up to a year. And here in Northern Ireland, we just witnessed the strike action by nurses for unfair treatment. And a young man or an elderly man was talking to me in the church one day. He said, George, I was once a member of the police. Police are not allowed to strike. I mean, to go on strike action. Sometimes we walk in an unfair condition 
Walking in a bad condition can make life become difficult. But in such situation, you realize that the home also become unpleasant. Because for people who are working in Nigeria and they are not paid, when they get home, there is no money to feed the family. And everything becomes unpleasant. When fathers or parents cannot provide for the family, children will find it hard to obey their parents. They will rebel against parents. And this problem in the home will lead to a problem in the community. The problem that we experience in our community today always starts from the home. And sometimes there is a transfer of aggression, especially when you have had a bad day at work. Work relationship can be very, very difficult. When you have a bad day at work, things will start to fall apart in the family. And as difficult as our circumstances might be, as employer or employee, we can bear up under the load if we view our services as rendered to the Lord rather than to our human master. Apostle Paul also gives grant for the command he commanded that obedience to masters or to one another in a work-related relationship should be done knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. Do you see that in verse 24? Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So we should be obedient. We should submit. We should live in full obedience to our masters, knowing that we will receive an inheritance from the Lord. And thirdly, he said the masters, I mean slaves, are to serve the Lord Christ. I love that word. Slave, we, sh- we should serve or, or are to serve the Lord Christ. He mentioned it at the tail end of that verse 24. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. The moment you know that, then it's all solved. Problem solved. The moment you know that whatever you do in terms of service to humanity, it is the Lord you are serving. You will do it with all your mind, with joy and happiness. This is what we are called to do. Sometimes it is difficult. But if we do it in Christ, if we live in Christ, we will be able to fulfill all these things. Human slaves ought to reckon themselves as slaves of Christ and therefore walk diligently as servants of their human masters because they serve Christ first. Putting Christ first in our work relationship. Paul grants this statement with the assurance that the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong he has done. And there is no favoritism because that raises questions about people who treat us bad. 
You probably want to ask me, George, I've been treated very badly. And the Bible has taught me to live in obedience and to serve as if I'm serving God. What happens to my taskmaster? What happens to that man who is treating me badly? Here is what the Lord says in verse 25. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. That is, human slaves can rest in the reality of the Lord's vindication of them and his execution of justice. Whatever your experience may be in your walk, either as you walk in the school, maybe you're walking in the office, maybe you're walking in the hospital, maybe you are experiencing bad situation, bad relationship with people where you walk. The Lord is a righteous judge and vindicator of all those who are oppressed. This passage shows that slaves can also rest assured that their status before the Lord is not defined by their sociological status, for it shows no favorites. We are all equal before the Lord. Employer, employee, slave, masters, we are all equal. The Lord shows no favorites. And we see that in verse 24. The law will pay back wrongdoers in relationship. This statement is both a comfort to anybody in any kind of relationship who is unjustly treated and a warning to masters or people in a relationship who might be oppressing other people and who are treating others unjustly. You might want to look at that in a family relationship as well. Because some people say, George, what do I do if I'm living in a relationship where the husband is a bully? Does that mean I should continue to be submissive? Don't forget that the Lord is the right judge. In chapter 4, verse 1, Paul concludes that because human masters have a heavenly master, they should treat their slaves as they want to be treated by the Lord. He's teaching us that we should treat others with respect and love as you want God to treat you. Let's read it together in verse 4. Chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. So whatever you do to others, always remember that there is God in heaven who looks after all of us. For a relationship to be holy, godly, and perfect, it has to be rooted in Christ Jesus. So as Christians who have been redeemed by Jesus, we should be dead to our old self. This is what Paul said at the start of that chapter. We should put to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature. Our life in our relationship should be lived to please God at all times. There should be a revolution in our relationship. 
wife, husband relationship, children, parent relationship, employee, employer's relationship, or slave master's relationship, as you may want to call it. Either at home, as experienced in the family, or in any kind of relationship that we are engaged in, the Lord is calling us to live in a Christ-centered relationship with one another. And as Paul said in verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So if you're trying to make your relationship perfect, always remember that it can be done only in Christ. And in doing it in Christ, always remember that whatever you do, Walk at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Verse 23, not for men. And as I conclude, I remember the song of Graham Kendricks. It told us how we should serve each other in a God-given relationship. He said, so let us learn how to serve and in our lives and thrown in each other's need to prefer, for it is Christ we are serving. Let us be encouraged tonight that God should be at the center of our relationship. Always put Christ first in your marriage. Verse 18 to 19. Put Christ first in your family. Verse 20 to 21. And put Christ first in your walk. Let us pray. Father Lord, we thank you because you have shown us that the way on in a holy relationship for a revolution in our family is to leave and to put you first in our family, in our relationship with one another in the family and also in the workplace and with people that live around us. Help us, O Lord, to live a life that is in Christ alone. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.